0: Hello and welcome back to episode 17 of the College Football University Podcast. This week we will update you on what we've seen so far in bowl season. We've got a great game that went down between Coastal Carolina and Liberty and BYU polished off a fantastic season. Then we'll talk about what we're most looking forward to, who needs bowl season to boost their seasons the most. And then we'll give you a little New Year's Six and a playoff preview. Let's get into it. Parker, so I think we should get going with some of the games that have already happened this bowl season, and there's been a couple hallmark group of five performances, and I think we should start with BYU. What do we think of their performance against UCF?
1: Yeah, well, it was BYU, I mean, the the Coastal Carolina loss really sort of as soon as that game happened, all the attention or the national attention at least was off of BYU, but um, they came out playing a a respectable UCF team, you know, a team that had dominated the group of five in the face of, you know, in the face of the non-power five for three plus years now. Um, And, Really took it. To, I mean, uh, this game was honestly over after the first quarter. I mean, the UCF defense just could not touch Zach Wilson. the The balance for the Cougar offense was also uh, really impressive to see. Probably, maybe even the best offensive game they played all season, which is saying something for sure. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it was impressive. Also, you know, BYU's defense held Dylan Gabriel under fifty percent passing. Really slowed down a Knights offense that hadn't had that happen to them at all this year. Even Cincinnati really didn't um, completely stop them. Uh, so now I think that speaks to, you know, BYU's physicality and their uh, discipline on defense that they've had all season long under Sataki, And, um, you know, I'm really eager after this game, you know, Wilson went out with a bang. I'm really eager to see where he goes in the NFL draft because I think he's got a lot of potential um, just with the arm talent he's had. But also, I think he's just a really smart quarterback and he showed he put he gave the NFL so much great film this year. Um, I would I would argue for him to be a top three quarterback pick um, in this year's class for sure.
0: No, yeah. Uh he, he played awesome. Um I've heard people say he should go ahead of Justin Fields, which I think is a little crazy. Um, but uh yeah. I, BYU man, that they, they they had some uh worrisome uh it was a little weird when they couldn't play well against a undersized Coastal Carolina team. But um right about now like you you kind of feel like that game was a fluke after what they did to UCF, which is a strong group of five team, very strong. Um, and, and they put almost any doubt to rest, I think. They ran the ball well. They passed the ball well. They played great defense against an explosive offense. So uh, I think it was a really good end to probably what's going to be
1: BYU's best season for quite a while. I don't know if they'll ever be able to replicate this. Yeah, it's it's a shame that this season had to come for them where everything came together in a year where they didn't get to play Utah. You know, they didn't really get to play their normal schedule this year because if, if they go in, you know, and they post an 11-1 record with the schedule that they already had, you know, you – they would have been firmly in the playoff discussion, in my eyes at least, because the schedule they had, they were facing multiple Power 5 opponents, um, You know, would have picked up at at least two or three really quality wins. And I mean, this was definitely the year in which they also would have beaten Utah. I would almost guarantee, I know Utah owns them, but I think they would have ended the streak. And I think it's just BYU's luck that it came on a year in which, um, you know, COVID year in which everything was canceled. So they didn't get that opportunity, but they can at least say that they own the Utes for one year record wise and um that they would have beat them on the field. But yeah, I think, you know, like talking about that coastal game as well, I really think um I've heard some people remark that, you know, if BYU had more than two days to, you know, prepare and get to Conway and play that game, I think they would if they had a full week of preparation, a normal week, I think they would have um beat the Shawn A Clears uh, probably with ease, um, uh, to be honest. I think, you know, the that traveling within such a short period of time, I feel like that did play a little bit of a factor um, in terms of that result. I don't know if you would they agree did go, or not.
0: They did go cross-country, and um, Coastal Carolina has a very unique offense. Um, so I think that is 100% a part of it. Um, I would have to agree with that. I don't know if they'd win by 20, because Coastal did play so well that game. Uh, I, I definitely think like they that... Coastal probably played better than they typically do that game, and BYU played worse than they typically do, and it came down to the wire. I still think BYU is better, but, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Coastal had the same situation. They didn't have to travel, but they did have two days to prepare, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I think, you know, I, the momentum in that game, you know, coastal playing at home, all the hype that they had around surrounding the program came to being there. I think that also played a factor as well. I think it was just more of a perfect storm. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, BYU, they had been searching for a season like this for a while. Stocky had been in the hot seat for a while. They've hovered around 500 multiple years in a row. This is a year in which everything really came together um, for a a lot of different guys, Taki, Zach Wilson. Um, and, you know, now the goal for that program will be, you know, continue this forward. Now that the fans have seen what this program is capable of um, with what they did this year, I think, you know, it's going to be a lot more pressure for this team to continue to um, show improvement and be competitive on a national stage, be nationally ranked. Uh, I think will be the expectation now in Provo, which I think is fair, but you're going to lose Wilson along with a lot of um, other guys either going off to the NFL or. Um, potentially decide that they're done with their playing days so you know there, it's going to be if I, replacing Wilson's definitely going to be the uh, the key to their season next year but I, I have confidence they can do it I this this year really you know before this year BYU was one of those teams I'd always doubted never really had much faith in to you know do anything I'd seen them blow so many games to Utah that I just you know associated them with always losing whenever I watched them but this year you know really I think turned a lot of people's uh, perspectives on BYU for sure which was great to see. Um, but elsewhere in the group of five speaking of that Coastal Carolina team, um, the team that they were supposed to play the week they played BYU, they got to match up with in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl and they delivered quite the performance against the Liberty Flames. Uh
0: yeah, it was uh it was a very exciting game for sure. Um I was honestly surprised. I really thought Coastal was quite a bit better than Liberty, honestly. Um I thought that they, they had shown that before the, the, game. Before the right. game.
1: Before the game, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So That's I think that like you had seen Coastal beat a team with better speed, better athletes and BYU. And so I don't think Liberty has necessarily either of those things on them and so i was like i like coastal I, don't, I think it'll be a close game because both teams really care about this game and it is essentially a a, a super bowl among a group of 5 but i was i was surprised at how well liberty played uh they really they took
1: it to coastal and it took it took a miracle for coastal to still be in that game at the end <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think you know one of the underlying storylines i think a lot of people um. I haven't thought about a lot, but, you know, the the revival of Hugh Freeze at Liberty, you know, was their last year sort of laid the foundation for what became a great uh, 2020 season. And, you know, he's he's doing most of the same stuff that he did at Ole Miss just without, you know, a lot of the the scandal on the side of it but uh the offense that he runs there he is a great offensive mind he's really attuned that offense to malik willis and you saw that in this game willis didn't have the greatest day throwing the ball but on the ground he was nearly unstoppable i mean coastal would spy him he would still scramble for 15 20 yard runs that were back breaking plays for coastal i mean that, that those types of plays really proved to be the difference in the game because uh especially late in the fourth quarter that was all the Flames offense was, was, you know, Malik Willis get in space and make some guys miss. And he was doing that every time, you know, very Lamar Jackson-esque with how he was playing uh, in that game and really impressive. I am really eager to see, you know, as Freeze continues to coach him and work with him in the passing game, you know, he's going to be a legitimate elite dual threat talent uh, in the future. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> looking after this game, both these teams have a lot of promise for the future, assuming they keep their coaching staffs intact. I mean, Malik Willis will be back on one side. But Grace McCall is only a redshirt freshman, balled out yesterday, kept this team single-handedly in the game. Similarly, he's got the same dual-threat talent that Malik Willis does. A really crafty guy with the option as well. You know, I, both of these teams are. You know, they were built this year off of. Um, a lot of younger talent, I think they've got a lot of potential to be even better in the future, which is scary for their uh their respective conference or i say conference is independent but um you know i think it's i don't I don't see this as being a one off season for either side um personally at least um I don't know if you do or not
0: yeah well i I don't think it will be um both quarterbacks will be back. <laughs> They'll both return uh, quite a bit of talent, like you said. But I do think it will be relatively hard to duplicate the seasons that they both had this year. They were nearly flawless. And honestly, I think Liberty might be better than Coastal next year. Coastal had a great year, but I don't know if they will be able to... Yeah, I'd agree. They play in a tougher conference. They play... Louisiana is not going to be good next year because Levi Lewis is leaving. Unless he, is he coming back? Is he going to take the extra year of eligibility? Has he said or no?
1: Um, I don't. No, he hasn't said yet. I don't know. I I would really. I don't know if he would leave. Honestly, yeah, Billy Napier maybe could convince him to come back. Maybe that's why Napier didn't take the Auburn job um, when it was offered to him. Maybe that's I uh, I don't know. I but uh, yeah, I mean, um, Louisiana is going to be there. I think App State will be back next year as well, competing for the Sun Belt. Exactly, I don't think they won't fall off for two years in a row. Um, so I think it's going to get tougher for sure for Coastal next year. But I mean, I think they're they're built to you know at least be competing for another Sun Belt championship. Um, and yeah, I think Hugh Freeze is really. I mean, he's recruited well at Liberty. He's got guys that are. Um, you know, built for his fast-paced uh, get-in-space, spread-style attack on offense, which um, I think is going to continue to terrorize teams for years. Um, you know, I wonder. I I feel like Freeze is going to get some big job offers. Um, maybe not this year, but in the future, I think. You know, get, I think teams are going to be willing. First off, I think Hugh Freeze is different from Lane Kiffin. I think personality-wise, Hugh Freeze has changed from his past days. I don't think Lane Kiffin has. I think Hugh Freeze is better now. I don't think that would happen again. I think, I as a, as an athletic director, I would trust Hugh Freeze, um, you know, hiring him on, at a as my head coach. But you know, that's it's a difficult decision because he brings with him a lot of past baggage for sure. One um, other thing I want to talk about this game though because I want to get your opinion as well. In that final, in the end of regulation, when Liberty obviously fumbled and all that stuff, would you have? taking the touchdown and taking the points and gone away with it? Or would you have done what they at least attempted to do and just run out the clock and take that field goal? Cause we saw what can't happen need when he knew. I would have needed. it. Yeah. That's the thing. That's you really didn't even have to hand it off.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would have need it because you're on the five yard line. Like honestly, getting closer makes the field goal harder. Like if yeah, I'm a field I mean, goal was- kicker, I want to kick the ball from the 10 yard line. Like I want to kick a 27 yard field goal. I don't yeah, wanna exactly. kick I don't wanna kick a like seven a seventeen yard chip shot from the goal line. Yeah, like sometimes it's just I'm not too really close. Into that.
1: yeah, mm. it's too close. Like you got it's like weird. Like plus you're not I, gonna I, be able to get enough it can more easily be blocked if you don't are not able to get enough lift. You know, because if you're kicking exactly. it from right there, it's not gonna be getting that much lift by the time it's So I would have
0: needed it two times if I was Hugh Freeze and then I would have and then I would have kicked the field goal.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it was a strange ending. I think you saw kind of this year teams are not – they didn't have the practice time to practice a lot of these weird end-game situations and stuff like that. So I think, you know, you probably saw a Liberty team that Hugh Freeze got him in the huddle, told him what to do, and then they kind of just winged it and it did not end up well. But in the end, they did still get the W, which is all that matters. So both of them finish with one loss in the season and everybody's very eager to see how they'll fare – in the future, you want to wonder if you know either of these teams will be ranked preseason next year as well with both the quarterbacks coming back and how they ended I think up. Liberty playing. will for yeah, sure. I could, I, could, I could understand either one of them to be honest. Um, um yeah, and honestly, honestly if, if, if we saw Levi Lewis preseason. comes
0: back, I think there will be two Sunbelt teams ranked with Coastal yeah. and Louisiana. Yeah, I can see
1: that too. Um yeah i don't know i mean i could the other thing is that you saw you saw these teams play so many more games than you know liberty and coastal you know a lot of teams either would have games postponed or they didn't play seasons that were nearly as long liberty and Coastal were playing games almost every week and they were you know in the headlines almost every week people really because there wasn't much else going on people were actually really paying attention to both of them um i just cool. another stat i thought was really fun it was liberty's three biggest games this year it came down to game winning kick at virginia tech um Game losing, blocked field goal at NC State, and then game winning field goal against Coastal Carolina in this one and a blocked one to win it. So um definitely definitely a team that like to live on the edge this season. But with that we will I mean, turn coastal our focus the rest. Though. Yeah, it's coastal. Coastal two, won
0: obviously. barely against Louisiana with the field goal uh this game and the Coming App State game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Louisiana think, game, yeah. yeah. That was,
0: both teams yeah. definitely needed a few bounces to go their way but they were they did have incredible seasons
1: yeah but with that we'll shift our focus to the uh the rest of the bowl season coming up um well we'll first go into you know the the non-new year's six bowl games talking about some of the storylines from there obviously there aren't that many um as we just found out roughly 10 minutes ago iowa versus missouri has been canceled due to uh positive testing in columbia so i mean who knows how many other games you know might uh, might suffer the same fate but we do have some intriguing matchups um to talk about i think um for me personally i would say probably non-new year six matchup i'm most looking forward to um i probably between i would Olmus indiana is very interesting to me i really like that game um just because i almost has been such a such a scary, strange team this season. You really don't want to play them because Matt Corral can throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, but as he showed against LSU, he can also throw five picks and lose them the game. Um, it's going to be them versus a really stout Indiana defense. Offense is still finding their way without Michael Penix. You know, I think that contrast and style is going to be really fun to see. I personally do like Ole Miss in that game, but um, I can really see... That one going either way. It depends, you know, who sort of controls the play style in that one because they're so opposite. But um, you know, also probably the biggest bowl game Indiana's been in, Outback Bowl, biggest one they've been in, potentially even the century, to be honest. Um, which is really impressive as well. So that'll that'll be interesting to see, as well as Ole Miss making their return to bowl play. Um, what uh, what matchup are you looking forward to most?
0: I am interested
1: of- to. Uh,
0: I like the. I'm interested in the Arkansas TCU game. That's one that I like, um, and then also uh, I want to see uh, Army West Virginia because I, Army had such a good year, nine and two. One of those losses was to Cincy, and I can't remember who the other one was too. Um But they they've had a solid season. They got snubbed out of a bowl and literally only got in because of COVID problems, which is so stupid and to win nine games and not make a bowl in a season where a lot Let's of teams didn't real. even play
1: nine games. Let's be real. I think God was at work here. Tennessee was the last team that deserved a bowl game this season. So he said, let's take Tennessee out. Let's put in the team that actually deserves it. And it worked down the end. Yes. Yeah. But also credit to Um, West Virginia. Because of the thing a lot of people are saying, you know, with the reason team – because Army was trying to reach out to teams to want to play, but teams didn't want to play them because nobody wants to prepare for the triple option in a week. So credit to West Virginia for taking on that uh, challenge. They've got – they've certainly got the front seven to be able to handle them. But – yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I'm eager to see because Army had such a great season, how they're able to finish it off. Um, that'll be really cool. And then, the, yeah, you talked about the Arkansas TCU game. That's a old rivalry in the Southwest. Uh, they did a home-and-home home a couple of years ago that was a full of really fun games. And you got, you know, Arkansas had a great, still had a great season for their standards, but you felt that they're a better team than 3-7. and seven. And this is a winnable well, they, game. They had
0: the toughest schedule probably in the country
1: exactly and you know for what for how they also just played in those games you watch that team they look so different from last year um you know i think getting a win over tcu in the texas bowl could be great momentum boost for next season and you know i think they're looking for even bigger and better things next season for sure uh in fayetteville with Pittman. um but i don't know who do you who do you have coming out of both of those games that you mentioned uh
0: mm. Probably TCU and probably Army. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I love the same. TCU is just... I don't even know if Franks is back yet for Arkansas. Um, And then TCU is probably just a little bit better than Arkansas, I would say. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Arkansas has talent, but I don't know. They, They seem to play better against... I don't. Know. It, it, they they are. I think they're very good at losing close games. You know, mm. um. So, which was a major improvement, obviously, than a year before. But I still think TCU gets it done, and I don't think West Virginia can stop the triple
1: option. No, yeah, I don't think so either. I think, you know, Army Army is the type of team where they can. I, is the type of team where I think they win or lose the game within the first quarter because if they've got, you know, if they're able to c- control time possession and really start wearing down the defense, it only builds for the rest of the game. But if you're able to get ahead of them early on and make them play from behind, that's where um, that's when they start losing. So uh, I think that would probably be the biggest key to that game. So we'll uh we'll see there for sure. Um also going to a lot a lot of the times with bowl season, you've got, you know, either coaches on the hot seat or programs and if Falter at the end of the year. So, um, who do you who do you think needs a win the most out of any team this bowl season? Wisconsin.
0: Hmm. They are.
1: are. They had a very underwhelming
0: season uh, after a, a big start with that those five touchdowns from Graham Mertz in the first week. Since then, he's had three touchdowns and five interceptions, which has been interesting. Um, and <laughs> they're playing an average Wake Forest team. Um, so I think if they don't get that done, that's going to be a little worrisome for Wisconsin who've kind of ascended to the standard. If you don't have 10 wins, then it's kind of a disappointment of a season. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think everybody, you know, the murd started off like that and people were like, yeah, this kid, he's, he really is the one, he's going to be the guy that, you know, changes the program, finally gives us a respectable passing attack. And then things just fell apart. I mean, you know, playing within the COVID season, Wisconsin felt it almost more so than anybody else with their cancellation stuff. It's tough to, you know, get some continuity um, and build some chemistry within the team when you're only playing every other week or every two weeks. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, going into next season, I think Wisconsin really needs this win. Losing to Wake Forest isn't a great look. Wake Forest is a solid team. I think they can win this game. But losing that game for Wisconsin would be devastating. Um, you know, falling below 500 for probably the first time and. Probably the first time this past decade, to be honest, um, would be really, uh, really brutal for them. So, yeah, I um, I, I like the Badgers one, too. I would say, I mean, I think the obvious choice for me, I think, is Texas. Just purely because of Texas oh, yes. Colorado, Tom Herman needs to be fired. Knowing Texas under Tom Herman, though, they play incredibly well in bowl games. That's why I don't doubt that they're going to win this game. I also think they're a lot better team than Colorado in general. But if they were to lose a game to a mediocre Colorado team, games being played in Texas, Herman's already on the hot seat, even though they've said he's coming back, fan base still isn't really happy with him. Losing that game would be just um, excruciatingly painful end to the season. Um, You know, you win that one, you end up seven and three, not not great for what they wanted but you know it's they're floating they're keeping their head above water at least uh in austin so i guess that's all you can ask for for now uh with them but yeah that would uh that would be my pick as well um and then otherwise what um it's sort of taking a more broad approach to the season
0: I've got an extra game to add. I think Ohio State needs to have a good performance, not necessarily win, but they need to play well against Clemson. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they will not be taken seriously. Like I think, I
1: think, yeah. I mean, I think that's the same for. I mean, definitely Ohio State, just because Clemson is absolutely. If Clemson does what they've done to them again, because Clemson is four and zero against them all the time, they've won multiple big time bowl game against them in blowout fashion. If they do something similar to that again, you know, it's. I think that the true narrative is gonna become Clemson owns Ohio State, they're their crimp And the Buckeyes are I mean, you're looking at it, if they lose this game, Ohio State won't have won a playoff game since the first season they were in it. Exactly. Like they're be they're really beginning to develop all, that OU thing. Yeah, exactly. For all that they've done the past couple of years and how dominant they've been, how talented those teams have been, they won't have a lot to show for it, which I think will be the biggest concern. Um I mean you yeah. could say the same thing about Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's a little bit more deeper in that hole. I think they're already kind of, you know treat it as a joke in the playoffs. Um, And if you, the problem is you're stuck in a situation where if you, (laughs) if you lose to Bama by 17, that's probably considered a success. They're covering the spread, but it's still not going to be, it's not going to help their reputation at all. So Notre Dame's also stuck stuck in a hard place, but yeah, both of them at least they need to build some respect up. And that starts with putting forth respectable performances. I mean, winning for sure, but at least keeping things close, you can't get blown out um, like they have in the past. Um, but taking more broader look at things, you know, a lot of, one of the big thing, the, um, bowl conference challenge, one of the bigger things, of the bowl season, you know, how conferences match up with each other when teams are playing against each other. Um, obviously, you know, you have such a wide array of, uh, of conferences and how many teams are playing and stuff like that. I mean, the sec monopolized bowl season this year with, um, now that Missouri is canceled, I believe it's 11 teams playing, but, um, they, have eleven Pac 12 has two teams playing. So it's a bit weird this year. Um but personally how I see things playing out uh for the power five I, I think the SEC is really gonna struggle. Uh just personal opinion of who I have picked to win games. I really I only see Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, and then of course Alabama winning. Um that four out of eleven I I I'm willing to pick Oklahoma over Florida and go with a bit of an upset. Um I think Missouri would have lost Iowa if they were playing Mississippi State, I think, is going to lose to Tulsa because I think Tulsa's proved to me in the Cincinnati game that they are a lot better team than I previously thought they were. Um I think TCU probably edges Arkansas. Um, and I think Kentucky is gonna to drop to NC State. And I like UNC to blow out AM. So I think this could this will be a bowl season in which, you know <laughs> a rare bowl season in which the SEC struggles. Um and I think and taking a step up this bowl season, I think, you know, continuing the theme of what all season has been, the ACC's sort of revival, um, I think they're going to have a really strong bowl season. Um, you know, in, in the playoff, I think Notre Dame will lose, but Clemson, I think, will win and sort of carry the torch for the conference. But I like Miami to easily beat Oklahoma State. I think Wake Forest is a great shot against Wisconsin as well. Um and then, uh, and it's, as I previously mentioned, NC State over Kentucky, I think, will happen in the UNC game. Um, so I think, I think the ACC will have a really strong bowl season. I think SEC is going to struggle a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt their reputation too much, but it's going to be one of those years where people are happy, the SEC struggling, happy to see a lot of the SEC teams losing, um, as it usually tends to be when the rest of the country goes up against the Southeast um, in football. So, But, yeah, that's how that's I th- see things playing out. Do you have... Any conferences that you think will surprise or um, disappoint at all, um, even outside of the Power um, Five? I mean, the the American potentially have a um, they started out a little bit sluggish, but they could turn it around.
0: I think I don't know if I have any that I think are going to overperform or necessarily underperform. Um, did Army's bowl just get canceled? No way. Um, it it, it kind of looks like it did. I I need to look into that real quick. Or no, it's back. Never mind. Never mind. I'm stupid. Yeah. Um, their first one was uh, yeah, that's what it was. Um, anyways, so I think that uh the the pac 12 needs to have a good performance and i don't know if they will <laughs> yeah. because i don't think colorado beats texas i don't that's think right. oregon beats iowa state and um that's their, that's who their else only do game. they
1: have that's their only two games? there's
0: two games right so, so those two are two only
1: games. two shots i think they really need oregon to win first off we're going to continue to take some momentum in the next season but also just a Oregon's still the face of the Pac-12 as of right now. And if they're face of the Pac-12, because if Oregon loses, the pac is not going to have a team ranked in the final poll, which would be really tough. And they also likely wouldn't win a bowl game, um, which I yeah I think the Pac-12 needs that Oregon win over Iowa State. I personally think they're going to get it, but I think it's a really evenly matched game. I think it's going to be close for sure.
0: You um, can you could call me crazy, but if the Pac-12 goes 0-2 this bowl season... I think the American is on its way to replacing the Pac-12 as the fifth power conference. Like officially or just like? No, just just like like in terms of obviously they have USC and they have Oregon and like the historical powers. But in terms of like the last three years, in terms of having the best teams, the American has had better teams the last three years than the Pac-12 year in, year out. Mm, Yeah, no, I'd agree. And if you keep doing that over an
1: extended period of time, then... There's a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. I think the Pac-12, uh, the Pac-12, in order to be back to what they used to be, I think, I mean, the easiest answer is they need the brand of USC back. That's the obvious answer. But, I mean, you look even farther back. I mean, UCLA used to be a household football program, um, household name, uh, back pre-2000. And, you know, they've fallen off ever since. I think they're... They're back on the right track, at least under Chip Kelly um, after this season. But, yeah, I mean, they need UCLA. They need Washington to, um, you know, get back to how they were under Chris Pearson when they were, you know, tough defense, running the ball really well. Um, They were recruiting really well um, also, which um, they definitely – Definitely need to get back to that. But, yeah, I think they're going to need that because, I mean, yeah, the American, the American's not going anywhere. I think UCF is going to be a competitive team. Cincinnati, <laughs> as long as Luke Fickle is there, Cincinnati is going to continue to be one of the top teams in that conference. Um, you saw a team like Tulsa come out of nowhere this year uh, and make it to the championship game. But you've got Memphis, SMU, Houston is only going to get better, I think. They're they're not going to fall to much worse than what they are right now just based on the talent they're going to get. But, yeah, I think, you know, you've got – a top five or six in the American that's going to be really strong in the future, and in the Pac-12 you have a top one, maybe two teams that you can consider. Yeah, maybe they're a top twenty-five team in the country, but it's it's a tough call. Yeah, yeah I think I think our thing. Go ahead, you can go. I,
0: I just think it's do or die for the Pac-12, and so I don't necessarily know if they'll struggle or surge or do good or bad. But I I think that they are the conference that I am.
1: Watching most this bowl season about their performance, even though there's only two games. Yeah, um, yeah, and the, the Americans kind of started off a bit sluggish this bowl season, but they've got they'll have their two biggest teams. I mean, Tulsa will be taking on SEC team Mississippi State. Cincinnati will be playing in the game against Georgia. If you if they even go one and one in those games, and you're still saying, all right, the American teams they can they can beat SEC teams. If they go two and zero in those games. People are really going to start. I mean. It's going to really start looking like they're better than the Pac-12, and they're going to start moving their way into that top five for sure. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times for some of the conferences. I think this season, if anything, separated conferences more uh, just how the schedules worked out and all that stuff. Um, But that being said we'll move forward to the uh new Year's six bowl games um which even without things have been shuffled around with the playoff and stuff like that still a lot of a uh, lot of intrigue this season uh for these games we'll start off uh with the first one the uh new year's eve eve game of uh florida versus oklahoma a classic blue blood matchup a national championship rematch as well um and you know i I think this is destined to be a great game. I think we have differing opinions on this as well on who will win. Um, Personally, I like Sooners, but you like Florida, do you not? Uh,
0: I think OU is surging right now, and they are one of the better teams in the country for sure. Um, Personally, if I thought we were putting in the four best teams at the end of the season that had put together a solid body of work, I would have had my top four as uh an OU would have been in it. Um so uh I, obviously that's not how the playoff committee does it. Um but regardless um uh, they're gonna play Florida which I think is clearly up to the caliber of a typical playoff game. I'm excited for this matchup. But as good as OU has played, I think Florida showed in the SEC championship that if they come to this game wanting to say, "Hey, we're really good," like people need to realize how good we are. That that this team, I don't think there's anybody in the country who can make them not score forty points. And I don't know if, OU can keep pace.
1: Yeah, I don't. the The thing that sways me towards OU with this game is I, watching that Big Troll Championship game and how the defensive line played, and you know. I hadn't watched some of OU's final couple of games and hadn't seen the improvement on the defense, but that defensive line is, you know, they are, I would say that they are elite. I think they are, um, Probably one of the better defensive line groups in the country, and I think Florida in the games they've struggled. Kyle Trask, they've gotten other teams have gotten pressure on Kyle Trask. Um, you know, obviously for a pass-first team, that's what will um, what will do it in for And I think Oklahoma, if they can get consistent pressure on Trask, really disrupt that offense. I think they're going to be able to score points on the Florida defense, and you know, probably going to be somewhere high thirties, um, potentially low forties uh, in the final score. But I I like the Sooners to come out on top in this one. And, you know, after such a horrendous start to the season, they'll end up potentially back top six, top five, where they usually end up anyways. And people panic for no reason. Honestly, Oklahoma fans, if they win this game, probably will take this season over making the playoff and getting blown out. Like they have the past couple of years. I don't know if you would as well, but I I don't know. Um, But yeah,
0: I mean, clearly there is a lot to look forward to for Oklahoma all their receivers are young uh they 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 their offensive line loses creed humphrey but honestly it wasn't a strength this year so like what's the big deal like he's a great first round talent at the center position but i don't really think that it's not like years past when ou's graduated like four top 3 round offensive lineman you know and so uh i think that next year they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with um strong defense uh rattler's back they just need a running back because if stevenson doesn't come back for his uh for an and take the extra year of eligibility uh they they looked a little uh lackluster at that position before he finished his suspension
1: yeah, yeah, I think that'll be the key because that was that was kind of that was one of the turning points of the season for them was when Stevenson came back and really balanced the offense and that's when they got things going. Um yeah, I think, you know, this season, looking back at it for Oklahoma, I think having preseason expectations and making the playoff was probably a bit too much. This is more of a year in which they would build for next season, you know, give Rattler that full season of experience, get some of the youth on defense, um, a lot of playing time develop. And, you know, I think, you know, overall if they don't, As long as they don't get blown out by Florida, I think you consider this year a success for Oklahoma, and I think you look towards next year saying, you know, all right, we finally are bringing back a quarterback who started all of his games last season. That's the first time that's happened since Bakers last year. And you're going to have potentially the best defense Oklahoma's had uh, under Lincoln Riley next year as well. So, you know, I think you're going to be looking at Oklahoma as a playoff favorite next year. I mean, not championship favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think they'll they'll have a lot of hype going into next year. Um, But elsewhere, um, look at in Atlanta, Cincinnati will get, they did not get their shot at the playoff to the, uh, to the dismay of some, especially in the American conference, but they're going to get a shot at Georgia in Atlanta. One of the power, power teams in the sec, a team that has thrived once JT Daniels um, slid into the starting role at quarterback. And, since they going to get their shot to really prove that they, you know, a, a group of five team is can be a playoff caliber team uh during a season. That being said, I don't think they have a shot in this game. I don't.
0: Well, slow down there. They have it they don't have a shot if UGA actually goes into this game carrying. But if they do like they did in that Sugar Bowl against Texas where they kind of just show up, and they're like Oh, I wish I was in the playoff. Mm, like, <laughs> I think Cincinnati can beat them, but I don't think that UGA team is going to show up. I think that you, this UGA team is going to try and put an exclamation point on a season that is ending very strong and try and build up a lot of momentum going into next year. So I do think UGA is going to blow them out, like you said.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think, yeah, I, a lot of people point back to that Texas game compared to this one. Um, I, Georgia was a lot closer again to the playoff that season. I think is slightly different. But I also think JT, you know, that that team had Jake Fromm, who was a solidified starter on that team. I think JT Daniels is still – I mean, he's played great, and he has all the confidence of Georgia fans and coaches. But I think he's still out there. He wants to still prove that he is the guy in Athens um, because – I can guarantee there will probably still be in a quarterback competition over the offseason. Daniels will be the favorite, but I don't think it's just going to be his job over the offseason. So I think he's still playing um, to impress the coaches, fans, teammates. So I think he's going to come out with some fire. I think that offense is still wanting to shut up all the people that have hated on them for so long, especially early in the season um, when they were struggling. This team was um, thrown into the dirt and stomped on. And um, since Daniels has come in, they've been... Beloved by many, so um, I think they might, they might use Cincinnati as their punching bag here. I think the biggest thing for Cincinnati is going to be, are they going to be able to match up in the trenches? Can they stop the Georgia rushing attack? Are they going to be able to get any sort of ground game going? Because if, if everything's on Desmond Ritter's shoulders in the passing game, I don't think it's going to go well for Cincinnati at all. Um, playing in Atlanta against Georgia is also tough as well. I mean, no matter how many fans are there, probably going to be around 25%, something like that, similar to the SEC championship game that's still that's never easy um so i i i like georgia to win by comfortable mouth three touchdowns um something like that and i i think it again probably proves that the group of five is not ready to be in the playoff just you know cincinnati is the representative this year and i don't think they're gonna show out well enough in the new year six yeah i mean i
0: i like you said i think uga they're gonna care about this game uh I think they probably win by three scores, somewhere in the range of 17 to 24 points. Um, since he maybe keeps it close for a half, but after that, it's all done.
1: Yeah. Um, but on the uh, the last day of bowl season, we'll have two New York Six games. Um, the Fiesta Bowl, which is... A, a weird matchup this year i mean obviously Rose Bowls are being played so you're gonna get the pac 12 champion versus the runner up in the big 12 um, a lot of people thought indiana deserved this spot as well over iowa state but um regardless we're gonna get this matchup what i get i think has the potential to be a really great game very evenly matched um two teams are very similar um in their play style and um you know the experienced coaching staffs um having rebuilt these programs from what they were but um yeah, I don't I – don't, this is a tough one to call because I think it depends, you know, as Iowa State still – I think Iowa State will still be really motivated in this game. This is the biggest bowl game they've been in, um, in potentially ever. Um, and I think Oregon's got – Oregon's coming in this game with a lot to prove. I think after losing those two games late down the season, people tossed them to the side. They still proved that they were the face of the Pac-12 with that championship win. I think now here's where you prove that on a national level, Oregon proves that they can still be relevant next season if they're able to win this game. Um, but I, I like the Ducks in this one personally. I think they're a more talented team. I think a lot of it depends on how, um, you know, A, who gets a majority of the starting time at quarterback, Anthony Brown or Tyler Shaw. I think, you know, whichever one plays, I think it's going to come down to how they play. Um, and I think it's also going to come down to, you know, What has come down to when you play Iowa State every game? Can you limit Brees Hall? Can you force Brock Purdy into some mistakes? Um, And I think the defense is capable of doing that. So I like the Ducks to win a close one uh, in Glendale, Arizona.
0: Uh, I disagree. I think Iowa State's going to win this game handily. Um, I I think that... uh, I have not seen anything from Oregon that lends me to believe they can stop a, a team of Iowa State's caliber. Which we're going to say, oh, we use all this and all that. Iowa State took them right down to the wire. So uh, I think that we got to give Iowa State a little credit. They had, what, three losses this year? They missed, They they should have beat Oklahoma State. Poor performance week one against Louisiana, who turned out to be a really good team, and a nail-biter against OU. So, I think Iowa State is the better team than Oregon. I think they're going to get it done. I think they win
1: 10 to 14 points, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, we've we we we've touched on your Oklahoma State bias much this year. It could be my Oregon bias showing. I don't know. I just um, – I have faith in them to – rebound again a roll after those two losses. But yeah, I mean I could see it going either way. If if Iowa State manages to win, you know, I'd, it would be a great story, you know. Five years ago if you had told me Iowa State would be playing in the Fiesta Bowl in twenty twenty, I don't think myself or anybody would have believed you, but that's the job Matt Campbell's done. That's you know, he's brought in the talent, but more importantly the culture. Um that's been talked about so much. And I think, you know, they're built to win. Um in Ames for quite a while now under him, um, but potentially, probably outside the Florida Oklahoma game, probably the best near six matchup though will um, be in the Orange Bowl. North Carolina was just there a couple weeks ago and they had a fun time um, in Miami Gardens, and now they'll be taking on Texas A&M. Who they they've been talking a lot. They really believe they should be in the playoff. They're mad that Ohio State got in with only six wins over them. They're mad that Notre Dame got in over them. But we've seen this before, and we see teams that think they should have got in, and then they don't show up, and then they get blown out, and then nobody cares that they weren't left in. So, this I'm interested to see how AM comes out if they're able to prove that they were a playoff caliber team this year um, and pick up uh, potentially the biggest win they've had under Jimbo Fisher. Um, I know personally. I think UNC could run away with this game, even without Javante Williams. I think what you saw in the Miami game was peak UNC, what they were capable of, the balance on offense, um, and the defense probably played its best game of the year on top of that um, as well. And if they're able to replicate that performance, I think they easily uh, beat the Aggies. What about uh, what about you?
0: Um, yeah, Javante Williams isn't playing, but they still have Michael Carter. So uh, <laughs> I think that... UNC is gonna do just. I think UNC is gonna do just fine. A um, and M, I haven't been the highest on them this year. I I I've never seen them really show me why they should have been in the playoff. They just kind of went through SEC play, winning games, but they didn't do anything all that impressive, other than the Florida game, and that Florida team clearly improved as the year went on, so um I I like UNC. I don't know if it'll get ugly. I don't think A and M is capable of letting this game letting themselves get blow out blown out. But I still think UNC is gonna win this game as well. Um they I I don't maybe somewhere between four to ten points. I, I don't think I don't think A and M is I still don't think they have that gene of winning that Jimbo
1: Fisher has been trying to instill in them since he's gotten no. there. But. And yeah, I mean, I, the other thing I'll say is that there hasn't been a game this year in which I've looked at AM and and i have said, it, like I've seen them playing at their best and I've said, all right, yeah, that is a elite team. I don't, I don't think they've had a exactly. game like that where they really looked like, you know, they, they might have the potential. We just don't know it, but they haven't, played a complete game, in my eyes, um, enough to really... I mean, the Florida game is probably the one you can point out, but even then, I mean, their defense still got um, lit up in that game, and they could have lost if Florida does not fumble at the end. So, I don't know. I think I I could see that one being a close game, too, but um, I, with one of my bolder picks, I will take UNC to cover the spread. Um, but now onto the main event. New Year's Day, we'll be having two playoff matchups 1 versus 4 2 versus 3 per usual. Um first before we go into the match themselves I wanted to touch a little bit on we this is the first podcast since the playoff was chosen and you know there's uh, like every year there is much uh much disagreement over who got in who didn't. After this year has this year changed your mind about a 14 team playoff versus 16 versus 18. Do you think expansion is needed? Do you think the right four teams are in? What are, your, I, what
0: are your thoughts? I, I don't think I ever agree with the playoff committee on who the best four teams are in the country, ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have ever agreed with them. But uh, I have always said that the eight-team playoff has been necessary. I think I've said that probably since the second or third year of the playoff when there's all this discussion about four and five and who should get in uh every year it seems to be a discussion and i think we need more clear cut criteria uh, i think it's pretty simple um the playoff committee should still rank everybody i think but you should have the 5 power 5 conference champions the highest ranked group of 5 team and you get two at large teams um i think if we did that it would be a lot easier to understand Uh, the criteria, and people would disagree a little less because it's simple. Uh, Win your conference and you're in. No excuses. If you don't get in that large bid, too bad. You should have won your conference. Um, Like, there is an easy way to get in. So, um, I I don't really like the four-team method. I think that it would be more fun with eight teams. You'd get more Cinderella stories. Because I think, like... I think OU gives Alabama a way better game than Notre Dame. Like, hmm. way better. I don't think it's remotely close in terms of who would give a better game. Um, but obviously, you could still have Notre Dame getting an at-large bid in the other situations. So um, I I just think that it the playoff system is very flawed. The BCS was too regimented. In terms of oh, computers, 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 you, just, you know?
1: know, too too numbers heavy, too statistics yes. and um, n- not enough personal opinion or you and know. And now it's too subjective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's, a, that's it's the just you need to
0: meet in the middle.
1: Yeah, and so that's that's the biggest key. I think. Yeah, so I mean, for for myself personally, in terms of this season, I think the right four teams got in. Um, I I'm not sold on her name, definitely being one of the top four. I think I I the people that don't like Ohio State getting in when they're 6-0, name me a team that you give a better chance of winning the playoff than Ohio State, other than Bama and Clemson. I don't I trust Ohio State to play a competitive semifinal game over any team behind them. I would bet money on it. Like I don't I will never understand that because Ohio State is still you watch them, you know the talent they have, you know their quarterback, you know their coaching staff. They're one of the four best teams, I mean, regardless of how many games they play. Um, but the
0: I, I counter with the fact we talked about earlier. They have not won a playoff game since the inaugural year when they won the championship.
1: Yeah, so but I, nobody behind them has been in the playoff <laughs> or as consistently as they have or has <laughs> had the opportunity to prove that they can even win a playoff game. So, I, I mean, think- yes, on one hand, maybe you want to give more teams opportunities. But I, don't, I think if you give them those opportunities, they're just going to blow it and get destroyed. I so. think
0: I can name four teams I think are on Ohio State's level or better.
1: But are they also deserving of getting in?
0: No. Why is Ohio State deserving of getting in? They haven't lost a game.
1: You can't they fault them. They easy schedule. Them. They wanted to play more games. They wanted to play a better schedule. But their conference wouldn't they let them. They didn't want to play a better them for schedule. It's, it's, it's weird.
0: They didn't... You can't punish the them schedule. because their conference Okay, uh, they would have blown out Oregon. Oregon is clearly not good. Yeah. They lost two games in in a five six game season. Yes, I, but I don't here's think. what I'm saying. I think that UGA, Florida, Oklahoma, and maybe Cincinnati could play with Ohio State and probably play... Okay, I don't think Cincinnati plays Alabama closer. I think Cincinnati could play with Ohio State. But I think OU, Florida, and UGA all could give Alabama
1: a better game than Ohio State could. Potentially, yes. But But so that's... Yeah, so that is probably correct. But... When you're talking about who should have gotten in, there you can't make an argument for any of those teams over Ohio State just because of their losses. Yeah, that's where you've got to have the middle ground of eye test versus deserving. I, I think that's I where can't. Ohio State is the middle ground because they're both deserving and could get in and are worthy of getting in. The other teams I mean, don't fit both those categories.
0: I can't make an argument for the other teams getting in, but I can make an argument for Ohio State not getting in because you can't play. And I know it's not their fault that they played six games. And I know it's not their fault that everyone on their schedule sucked. But they did only play six games and everyone on their schedule sucked. And so if you play one team with a winning record and it's Indiana and you get exposed, exposed, like they had chances that they were going to lose that game. I just, I don't know. I, I, I have a problem with it.
1: I mean, this is, probably, this is easily the toughest year for the playoff by far, just because of the the different variables that are so unknown. But um, I mean, yes, this year was weird. I think it's going to be difficult to come to a consensus on this season, just because there was so much different stuff going on in terms of the playoff itself and restructuring it. I feel very passionate about the playoff. I am vehemently against an eighteen playoff for a couple of reasons. Why? I like the fourteen playoff. The well, I'll 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 say my piece in the eighteen playoff first. If you go back in time, there's a couple of reasons. If you go back in time and you look at what those matchups would have been, almost every year the one versus eight matchup would have been a game that nobody would have watched. 2016, undefeated Alabama would have played a 10 and three Wisconsin team. That's a blowout. And think about it Alabama is probably going to be <laughs> the number one seed most of the year. And you're looking at the teams that would have been the eight seeds when they played them. 2017, you're going to get Alabama um, versus. Eleven and two USC. No, excuse me, Clemson versus eleven and two USC. I don't. I don't see that being much of a game either. I think you look down at I think the one versus eight, the two versus seven, and at times the three versus six. They're not going to be very competitive games. I think you look at you look at even this season um, with what what we would have had. Alabama Cincinnati is not a game. Clemson Florida that's a game. Iowa State Oklahoma yes. Notre Dame Texas A yes. This season was a better season for it. Also, because teams played so much less games, it was hard to discern between them. But what's the point of adding those games when the one versus eight, nobody's going to watch and nobody's going to care about. Two versus seven is going to be like 50-50 if it's a decent game or not. Three versus six and four versus five will be good games, but is that worth expanding the playoff, hurting the rest of the bowl season immensely, giving teams more chances to lose games during the season, not have to go win their conference and still being able to get in. Um, And then also just sort of time-wise without the postseason workout, you're going to now have three playoff games total. You would have to start the playoff. You're either going to have to try to push college football more into the NFL playoffs, which would not bode well for them, um, just publicity-wise, money-wise. Or you're going to have to move it back, give them less time to prepare for the playoffs, um, all the teams that would be in it. And they're going to have to play a mini three-game season if they want to win it all. But they're the toughest three games you're going to play all season long. I think injuries would skyrocket way up. Um, Fatigue would be much more of a factor in the playoff games, which it really shouldn't. Um, So I don't love an 18 playoff. I am very much for a 16 playoff, I think. Five power five champs, one group of five. I think it's perfect. I think it's what is needed. The biggest issue, which is why I wouldn't want it to happen, is because if you give the one and two seeds a bye, it's hard to see them ever losing because you'd have the two best teams coming off of a break week, whereas the team they'd be playing would have just played a a high-intensity playoff game, similar to what I talked about with the injury fatigue concerns, whereas you're going to be playing – you know, you're going to be walking in, say this season, you have the 16 playoff Cincinnati's a six seed. Um, and you have, uh, let me see, Ohio state beats Notre Dame or Cincinnati, excuse me. And they walk in and they got to play Clemson. Now, do they have a shot after just playing a a, a high intensity football game to go in and then take down Clemson? I don't think so. So that unfortunately I think is what holds the 16 format back. I think that's the, the good middle ground um, between four and eight that should be aimed for, but it's hard to make that bye week work unless you give a lot of time for the team that just played before they have to go play the one of the two seed. So I think you could make it work. I I will agree. The four team is flawed. I think the biggest thing that needs to be figured out is – the The eye test and most deserving, you need to find the find the balance between both. And I think people are still struggling with that. The committee is still struggling with that, as are as is the rest of the country, still trying to figure out what exactly you know deserving resumes, eye test, what it all means. Um, I, that the other problem is you know you've got there's a lot of politics in this. There's people that believe that um you know the team that's the most deserving should definitely get in, and there's t- people that say well. I think there's four amazing teams in the SEC that are better than any other team. <laughs> and they can make an argument of that, at least with Florida, Georgia, Bama. They can make that argument in that case. And, you know, Florida and Georgia aren't deserving. But are they better than Notre Dame and Ohio State? <laughs> Potentially, yes. So I think that's the as a struggle you're faced with now. I think that's regardless. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect format you're always going to have some team in the 18 playoff. There's still going to be fights over eight versus nine. Um, and just the same there are as four versus five. Same with a six seed playoff. But,
0: but with the 18 playoff that I reposed, there's a clear cut way. You should have won your conference if you wanted to get in.
1: But the there's no other argument. Still, the at large bids are still up for debate. That's the same as what we have now. All four of the seeds are at large bids now. But, Okay, then why
0: didn't you win your conference championship game? Why are you even having to be in the discussion for uh, for the Nat Large bid? I mean that that well, is the you, you, that you, you, is the
1: counter I would propose. No, I mean it's it's tough to figure. out. I don't know. I don't have a clear cut answer for what should happen, um, but I I can agree that the four team isn't perfect. But I will. More strongly go against the eight team, and would rather stick with four. I just think logistically, eight team doesn't work out like some people think it would. I'm, selfishly, as a college football fan, well, f- college football fan, you're getting more games, more you know high tier games, more teams are getting opportunities to win the championship. You know, selfishly, that's I think that's great. I would I would love to watch it, but it's I don't logistically I don't think it works out, but. That's our spiel in the playoff done. Let's go into the actual playoff matchups this season. Bama Notre Dame in the quote unquote Rose Bowl in, at the Cotton Bowl. And Clemson versus Ohio State uh, in New Orleans. Um, first talk about Bama Notre Dame. I don't know how much we want to talk about it because...
0: We don't really need to talk about either of these games. <laughs> they are going so to done. be blowouts. Eh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I think I don't, Ohio don't, State is going to get embarrassed.
1: Well, first off, Alabama Ordain. I'm just depressed looking at this matchup because I already know what's going to happen. If Notre, out, if Notre Dame comes out and keeps this game within 10 points, I will be so happy with Brian Kelly. Like, literally, I, Brian Kelly and them should consider that a win if they keep this game within 10 points. That is a win. I don't care. I No, they should just
0: get to play in the championship game.
1: Exactly. Like, like you're, you're <laughs> almost the best team in the country at that point. Yes. Um. But, yeah, I don't – I. I just – Bama across the line I just I I can't see them losing this game Um, I just Notre Dame does not have it in them it's going to take a Herculean effort from Ian Book and that defense um, to even stay stay within I think the one thing that can maybe shift the game is if Notre Dame is able to get the ground game going like they did against Clemson the first time control time possession keep the ball away from Mac Jones that could work out but that offensive line played so poorly against Clemson it's tough to imagine them doing anything against Bama so yeah I mean Bama Bama by 20 plus at least for sure,
0: oh, I but. think they win by 30. Mm, I think yeah. we're looking at about 45-10 to 10
1: in this game. And yeah, and then Jones, Smith, and Harris don't even have to play the second half, and then they're just super well-rested for the championship uh, can game. Can we just
0: talk about the fact that Waddle is probably going to play?
1: If Waddle plays, it's like... It, it, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a, this is a... uh What is it called? A, well, I don't know how to say it now, but a beaten beaten dead horse. Don't I I, it's hard to change the saying. But what I'm saying is that's like Thanos getting all the uh infinity stones. I mean literally that's Bama with the almost the four top players in college football. Um at least four of the top five or six on their team. It's
0: stupid. It's stupid. Um I think I think it would take uh Jesus himself coming down and and playing receiver for Ian Book and uh And Notre Dame to 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 even have a shot to win this game. Like uh, they they are so far below the level that Alabama is at, it's not even close. There are four there are three teams that can give Alabama a game. Clemson, UGA, and Florida. That's it. Yeah. And that's that's it.
1: (laughs) Um yeah, I mean that's that's just the state of the state of how college football is now. It's, it's Bama, Clemson, then Ohio a State occasionally, below, Ohio State at tier below, and then the rest pretty much. Which I mean, it's it's on one hand, I mean you got to, a lot of people hate it, you know the Bama, Clemson, you know having them in the playoff in the championship games, you know year in year out, it's tough to see because it's awesome Right. but on the other hand, I think people need to look at it. You know, yeah, Bama Clemson have played incredible games almost every time they've been matched up. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been two borderline NFL teams going against each other in a college ball playoff setting Two of the probably the two best coaches in college football um, currently going against each other every time. And you've getting just high, the highest tier of college football that you can possibly take in. Um, so I think, I mean that's great, and you also gotta you gotta give them a lot of credit for how you know people hate on them, but say, what Saban has done at Bama is obviously incredible. But what Dabo Sweeney's done at Clemson is you know he's gotten he's done almost the impossible and gotten Clemson to a machine like level that Alabama is at. You know, and you, know, you look back on the days when Clemson Dabo got there and they were not a respected program at all, but then they went through the Taj Boyd days where they were still a really good team. But defensively, they weren't there, and in the big games, they couldn't show up. And then they took the next step with Deshaun Watson, and now they're where <laughs> they are. Um, but yeah, so speaking speaking of that Alabama Clemson matchup. Yes, I like Clemson to beat Ohio State as well. I think Ohio State is going to keep it a lot close. Nobody everybody thinks they are. I think re- revenge no. is a major factor in this game. Revenge is a major factor. I think Justin Fields there's is not... so much worse. No, no, because I don't think Justin Fields is going to play. I don't think he'll play as bad as he has the past two games. I think there's no way he does that again. I think he's going to be Against ultra-focused. Against better team? He lost in that game last year. I think the emotions are going to be running high for him, hopefully in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, I think... Ryan Day is going to have with this amount of time I think Ryan Day is going to have something up his sleeve for Ohio State I, I don't think they're going to get blown out um, I just I I think Ohio State Ohio State's been too down this year for them to continue being this down I think they're going to come out and shock no. some people I think they're, they're just going to make not it good. I think it's going to be a very similar game to last season with it being semi, semi-low scoring, it comes down to the final couple of minutes. And I think Clemson Clemson probably wins by a solid 10 to 14 points um, comfortably. But Ohio State makes it close. But obviously you feel otherwise.
0: I feel strongly otherwise. Ohio State, Ohio State has lost so much talent from last year. On the defensive side of the ball in particular. Their offense has been lackluster to say the least. And they're playing one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, I don't think that they can that they will lose by two scores minimum. I, I just Clemson is on another level. Uh, they can beat you on the ground. They can beat you through the air. They are going to expose this Ohio. Think about what Michael Penix did to this defense, and now you say Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, go forth. There, this is gonna be ugly. <laughs> like the, the the Ohio State defense is gonna part like the red sea, and you're gonna see orange and white uh, players on offense just running down the field. It'll look like they're scampering down the beach, just enjoying some relaxation. It's gonna be that easy for Clemson. They are so yeah. much better than Ohio State. It's not even close. I I think Ohio State is yeah. so overrated. It, and I know that people disagree with me. I, I, I just have not seen anything from Ohio State this year that says, wow, that's the Ohio State team that usually plays a close game in the playoff and loses. They're not even that yeah. good.
1: I guess. I, I mean, I think the difference between us is I still think that Ohio State has last year's team in them. And I think it's possible they reach that level again. You obviously do not, which is fair because they haven't really shown any reason to believe that. <laughs> I'm just going on on out on the branch and out on the limb. One branch, God, out on the limb, and saying that I think Ohio State will overperform in this game. But it's going to come down to Clemson, Bama again in the championship game. Who are you picking? I think it is another. Uh, well, as it has we, been should, all season. we should. We should we we do
0: another episode
1: before the oh, championship the game. Well, true. I guess it depends on how confident we are that Alabama and Clemson will be in it. I mean, I am 95% confident it will be. I am 117% we confident. We can, <laughs> we'll can. we save that for our championship episode. Um, but yes, that is uh, that is how we think the New Year's Six and Playoff will pan out. Um, should be a lot of, I mean, we've had some really fun bowl games so far. Should be, you know, even with COVID, bowl season's always a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of close games, a lot of storylines to follow. Um, And I think, I think this will be a really, really fun bowl season. And, you know, um, a lot of teams are going to make statements as well. So um, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Um, Thank you all for tuning into episode 17. We have made it 17 straight episodes this season. Only got at least four of the 2020 season. We'll only have, two more left because I guess we'd count the recap one as part of the season, but um, almost almost reaching the end of the road in terms of the college football season. Has it felt like it's flown by to you?
0: It, it has in a way, but it's also felt like it's been an eternity as well.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a I little a bit this, of both. This year, more than anything, you look back on like week one, just because like nobody else was playing. I and mean, you look back on some of those first couple games, and those just feel like eons ago. But um, you know, I mean I think it depends on the teams that you look at. I mean, remember like remember SMU Texas State, BYU Navy? Those were such innocent.
0: Oh, BYU Navy. <laughs> Iconic that game.
1: That. that was incredible. Because you couldn't you couldn't tell if Navy was just really bad or BYU was actually good. I think it turned think Navy out to just a hadn't to, tackling in practice. I think it turned out more to be – yeah, I think it, BYU was good, but I think it also turned out Navy – I mean, Navy got way better as the season went on, so I think that just played a role in it. But, uh, yeah, some of those early games in the early weeks of the Power Five, everybody feeling out the COVID situation, you know. Is, in terms of, you know, how the COVID season went, I think, you know, college football did the best with what it could do. I think I – I would consider it overall success. I would say there was definitely a lot of struggles for sure. I think the big 10 of the pac 12 really messed themselves up. I think the problem for them, I think they really should have just gone all in or all out. I think they should have said, no, we're not playing the season no matter what, or they should have run from the start and said, yes, we're definitely playing. I don't think they, they went halfway in with the six game season and it hurt their teams. The big 10's lucky Ohio state still got in it. Um, but yeah, I think it was a weird season. It's going to be, you know, looking, we're going to uh, hopefully, knock on wood, we have a regular season next year. I think we'll look back on the season. Glad it happened. But next season will be refreshing, to say the least, with non-conference games and full stadiums, um, et cetera.
0: Of course. But you've got you to gotta commend everyone in college football for doing the job that they did to even get what we got this year. Um, It would have been weird to not have Saturdays in the fall. And so, uh, it was awesome that they did make it happen and Mm. we're going to have a great ending. We're going to probably get another classic in the national championship between Mm. Clemson and Alabama. And you'll talk about a crazy season and a crazy championship game like always. So it's, it's, it was different, but in a way more of the same.
1: So, yeah. And I mean, you've got to credit all the people. It took a lot from every person within all these programs to put this season on, Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you're looking at, you know, a lot of players, coaches didn't get to go home for the holidays. um, You know, if they had bowl games after, Christmas and such um you know I, they had to be so exclusive they couldn't hang out with people you know probably most of these kids did not have a normal college experience here at all normal social life at all um, so i mean it took a lot of sacrifice from people so i mean credit credit to all of them and you know whoever whoever comes out on top of the championship will definitely have earned it i won't i will not you know some people how the nba went put like an asterisk next to uh, the lakers title i don't i think this championship season is still definitely earned um no matter who wins it so um, i consider this overall a successful season but we're not done yet we will be back to discuss the championship game after the playoff matchups but that wraps things up for this episode thank you all for tuning in and we will see you guys next week and yeah, we'll catch you guys next time